0: Full scope of podcast is two guys in their twenties giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines on pop culture, and the main mind at all. I'm host kind of Burns, and my counterpart save on Morris. How's it going, man? I I'm making it,
1: I'm making, <laughs> it. I'm making it, I'm
0: making
1: it. My mouth doesn't <laughs> hurt dead. anymore, so
0: we're good. Update, update. He's back. He's back and ready to go. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely <laughs> good to hear. We <laughs> be a lot of topics to get into for this episode. Obviously, so, some some football ones, um, NBA album reviews in the second half we're going to in the last half we're going to do a review of the Wolf of Wall Street but um started with with just the Chiefs win and rally past the Titans in overtime uh uh, for Sunday night Kansas City won 20 to 17 in Mahomes finish uh 43 of 68 for 446 yards and a touchdown um he also ran for the tying score in two-point conversion late in the fourth quarter um for Harrison Bucker atoned for two earlier misses by drilling the go-ahead field goal in overtime but what are your thoughts on Kansas City, you know, like this wasn't a sharp offensive game like for, for the for the entire part. No. Definitely some struggles. It was if it had more of a playoff feel. I even heard like the, the, the commentators say that throughout the game, but what were your thoughts on on this comeback win for them um against against a, you know a really good AFC team.
1: You know, I didn't expect much from Willis. His his first start. Yeah. The office is kind of changing um every week. Excuse me. So, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, somebody said on Facebook he's having a Tebow-ish game, which I thought it was so funny. Um, but no, I, you know, I thought he did decently enough to be the the starter for his first game. I think he managed well. I think they threw a couple good things at him, a lot of blitzes, a lot of different packages that he probably hasn't seen since Liberty. Right. But you know, switching to Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you, you throw sixty eight times, you gonna you gotta figure out a way to win. <laughs> The man racially. throws <laughs> 43 out of 68, man. They, I mean, he's 10 year, what it was a hundred million dollars or something like that, or more than that, but obviously going to get the, the the ball in your, your playmaker's hand and, and happen to be your quarterback. But I love what Patrick Mahomes is continuing to show. Even though he doesn't have the star gaze uh, wide receiver core that he had a year prior, He's still able to make plays, and it's 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 a uh, easy process when you have Travis Kelsey. I'll say that every time we talk about the, the the Kansas City Chiefs, I think he's top five greatest tight ends ever. Yeah, ever top five. Yeah. He has shown that in season after season. He's I mean I mean he's a, he's amazing tight end, but I knew it's going to be a close game. The D Tennessee tightest defense looked really re- looked really good. Obviously, you might say what they gave up like. <laughs> 400 passing yards, but they only have 20 points and they had to beat him Mm -hmm. overtime. So
2: hats off to,
1: yeah, hats off to both squads. And I think Willis is going to continue to, you know, get in his groove and find uh, the perfect offense and the perfect place for him, uh, for himself. So, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for the kid. I didn't think he's going to do like spectacular, but I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to, you know, be Patrick Mahomes. He got the W.
0: Definitely. And, And I mean, with looking at the AFC and also the upset, win that the jets had over the bills like that was a a Mm -hmm. definitely a big surprise like what are your thoughts on the afc standings and just like how things look for like the top tier teams in the afc
1: oh man it looks pretty good i think it's it's a mix because you know you have the bills you have the kansas city chiefs yeah um you got some stragglers here and there but i think obviously the, the two i'm looking for and have more you know uh confidence in is the you know kansas city chiefs and the buffalo bills and we see them go at it already this year and the bills come out victorious but i love those two young teams because they still find out a way and find a way to win and be strategic with the personnel they have i love the way they make plays or create plays for the personnel they do have and they make great moves in offseason so those two teams i think is top tier and those are one that have more confidence in and a afc right now hands yeah. down both Absolutely. of those teams are doing pretty good, yeah.
0: Definitely. Um. And now getting to Tampa Bay's comeback win uh, versus the Rams. The, the Bucks won mm-hmm. sixteen to thirteen, and Brady threw a, a last minute touchdown pass for Ricky Cade Auden with nine seconds remaining. And uh, you know another milestone of Brady's career that he reached was becoming the first player in NFL history to throw for more than one hundred thousand yards in a, in a career. Um. You know, mm-hmm. even though he, he averaged just four point eight yards per attempt, and, and the Bucs kind of like. The one dimensional short passing a, a, a game for most of this season. What were your thoughts yeah. on this comeback for Tampa Bay? Because obviously, like this has been a, a very, um you know, they've had a lot of struggles throughout the year as, yes. as we haven't seen in the past. But what were your thoughts on kind of a comeback win and, and something to, to kind of like get them back in a little bit of a rhythm?
1: Well, <laughs> Tom Brady picked the perfect time to go nearly perfect on the last drive, five for six, yeah. um, you know, went 60 yards, 44 seconds left and he got the job done. And, you know, we, it's a lot of out, out of the field. Um, what was going on for not just Tom Brady, for a lot of guys, Leonard Fournette, um, errands. is a lot of people in that organization is going through a lot <laughs> this season. Um, But just to to be able to find a way to be perfect when you need to be perfect, that's that's the beauty about football. It 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 doesn't it doesn't matter how you start, is how you finish, and they finish really well. And you know, I'm looking at the Rams, man. The defense is still beautiful in my eyes. They have a great defense. It's the offense offense that are lack thereof. And we know, and it's always a testament, I always go back to this, to teams like the the Rams back in the day, the greatest show on turf, teams like uh, the Patriots who go, you know, win five championships in a matter of seven years. It's extremely difficult to, you know, repeat the same success you had a year prior. And them to win a Super Bowl and be three and five, you know, it's kind of hard. Yes. So I'm I'm looking for them to snap out of it. They started slow last year too, but I'm looking for them to snap out of it. And Sean McVay comes up with something. The running game is not there. Matthew Stafford is mm-hmm. – they should have signed back OBJ. Yeah. It's a lot of things. Cooper Cup is not Cooper and Cup. Cooper and Cup. <laughs> <laughs> It's There's like a lot of, how, they have,
0: how they have on Sunday night countdown, like like you got Moss, yeah, <laughs> or Monday night. I mean, this one's gonna be like Cooper and Cup,
1: <laughs> <sighs> Cooper and Kupin. but I mean, yeah, I think we got you know spoiled with Cooper Cub. He, yes. he obviously went for 127 yards and a touchdown, but I'm used to like seeing 168, 170 last year back to back games. I love, he was, yes. And then you go get Allen Robinson. He's supposed to add something to you. You draft a couple of young guys. You still have Van Jefferson. Well, Van Jefferson went out, um, but he came back in the middle of the season. But it's just a lot of things that hasn't gone their way personnel-wise and that hasn't accumulated to what they did last year. I'm looking for a spark. Who is that spark going to come from? It seems like defense can't spark them up. It has to be an offensive player. It has to be Matthew Stafford in my eyes because you're the leader. You're the field general. The ball's in your hand 99.9% of the time. So figure it out. You got to figure it out. And I think Jalen Ramsey said it. It said he was like, we've been in this position, and we know Sean, McVay always come up. So we had a team meeting. It was like, bro, what are we going to do? Sometimes it's not up to the coach. Right. It's up to the players. Yeah, the
0: players. decide. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Better wake them up. And, and now getting into the Vikings seven and one start in, in, in their win versus a uh, Washington Minnesota won a 20 to 17 on the road. And this is their sixth consecutive win and tight end TJ Hawkinson called all nine passes cousin through for his way for 70 yards in his Vikings debut. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, Minnesota's six straight win and, and just, you know, the, the success that they've been able to have this season, because this is a, a very, you know, a seven and one team looking really mm-hmm. good and, and just kind of finding different ways to win.
1: You know, i and I hate to say that because it's one of the rivals. Rivals. <laughs> <at Nancy laughs> um, but they look extremely good. Kirk Cousins, I think it took him it took him a, take him a while. We always see greatness, then we always see just fall off. We see that, we see that J. Cole, the fall off, you know? <laughs> we,
0: we, Still waiting on. <laughs>
1: we, we, We see, you know, we've seen that when he was with the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders. And we've seen that when he, you know, came over to the Vikings, that we'll see spurts of being an all around franchise player. And then he'll just go downhill. But I think they finally figured out what to do. They drafted a great wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. You get Dalvin Cook back. You, you add Hawkinson, some other some other weapons. And the defense is actually playing really good football. So everything is kind of morphing out. I want to see if they can the offense can withstand and continue to go forward. And it's all on Kirk Cousins because we've seen this before. We've seen them go on four or five games, six-game winning streaks, and then it just – and they have a tough schedule not oh, taking yeah. anything from them. They have a very a very tough schedule, but I'm just interested in what um how they're gonna keep continuing this success in seven and one. You look at the commanders, they just they just they're just glad to be here to be honest with you. <laughs> they got so much they got so much stuff going on, bro. Dan just Snyder.
0: We're just happy to play football. Right.
1: <laughs> We're just happy to be here. You know, Dan Snyder, who I met a couple of times. I mean, I'm not going to say anything about his character. He was cool, but, you know, he's up to, you know, about to sell the team. He's looking to, for potential people to sell the team to. So, it's just a lot of stuff going on in the NFL right now. Yeah. And I think they're just glad to be here. Just, <laughs> just
3: more
0: can we say. <laughs> Um and, and well I mean do you, is there anything else you want to say about the Packers man is there is there anything what 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 are what are, your, what are your thoughts on just kind of how this how this season has been man this is this is one that I told
1: him I for I forgot his name he we had on he's a green bay packers fan too and I feel bad cuz he's, Kevin he's been on the show. yeah Kevin yeah and I told him it's not like last year last year we had Devontae Adams last year we had a, a solid offensive line last year the running game was working really well Nothing. None of those. There's no spark. Aaron Rodgers has no spark. He looked terrible yesterday. Yeah. Terrible. He looked like Brett Favre when he was about to retire.
0: Yeah, Through different like, Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah,
1: different Brett Favre. Forcing passes. Just, yeah, it doesn't look like Packers football uh, at, at this all. year. Yeah. It doesn't look like there have
0: football. been past seasons where they have a slow start and you'll be like, okay, they'll be fine.
1: This,
0: yeah. This season – just it doesn't have there. There's no semblance of of just any 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 kind of sign that they're gonna be able to turn it around.
1: For the fir- yeah, for the first time, um, if he retires next year, I won't be upset.
0: I, mean, I never thought I'd. I'd... <laughs> I won't
1: be upset. <laughs> Nobody's playing for him. They respect him. All these players respect Aaron Rodgers, what he can do, but what? they're not playing for him. They haven't bought into him. And I feel that wholeheartedly. It's a difference when you obviously you want to make plays for the team for your quarterback because obviously that's Aaron Rodgers. He's one he's one of the GOATs. Right. But they're not playing for him. They're playing for them not to like this is the weirdest thing not to be like upset because oh, if if I don't do this, you're not gonna throw me the ball. So it's out of a like, you know, I don't want to upset him, I don't want to yeah. disappoint him, but they're not playing for him. So that you can't have that in in, your, you in a quarterback relationship. You can, you can tell, tell the, the difference. difference. Mm-hmm. You can tell, like it, it's the, the just the whole ambiance of the team from head coach from the general manager because we don't have an owner. It's owned by the, the, the you know the fans, but you just can tell from from the head to the toe. It doesn't look like last year. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like last year. So I anticipate him retiring this year, and I would not be upset, and I'll be um content. With moving forward, Jordan Love, and yeah, that we'll going to go through, yeah, we're gonna go a... through a dry spell. It's gonna be tough unless we draft again. But I would not do not draft another quarterback. Yeah,
0: yeah y'all gotta stop drafting. <laughs>
1: we, we, we drafted a guy from UCLA. He didn't. He didn't stick around. Uh, then we drafted Jordan Love, and he looks like Cal manure. And It's just <laughs> we're I'm I'm content. Mm-hmm. On what we're about to season we're about to go into. It's almost like how the
0: Patriots when when Brady left, they just knew, hey, we're we're not gonna be at another Super Bowl for a long time.
1: <laughs> yes. And I'm content with that. <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> I prepared myself, Wellington. But yeah, man, we it's just it doesn't look like Packers football.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've been a Packers fan for a long, a long time. time. Mm-mm.
0: Well, we're well, well, now transitioning to college football, and obviously the major news is LSU's um, upset win over Alabama, and and, and kind of thoughts on, on how they'll um going to going to really be in a perfect position to be in that seed championship. LSU won over it won overtime, thirty two to thirty one, and first year quarterback Jaden Daniels was, was just unflappable in the face of an Alabama defense that sacked him six times. Um, mm-hmm. This game included six <clears throat> second half lead changes and a tying field goal by Alabama in the final thirty seconds, but. What are your thoughts on this major win for LSU and just the gutsy call that Brian Kelly made to go for two at the end, which know obviously paid off?
1: Heck of a call. Because if you continue to go back and forth for Alabama, Alabama's... Lose. Yeah, you're going to eventually lose. So you have to take that risk. I think every coach... <laughs> Every coach would have took in that, taken that taking that risk. We're not, we're because not trying to. That.
0: It. We're not trying yeah, to no,
1: it. we're not trying to give them their five-star players to realize they're five-star players. We're not <laughs> trying to go through what? that. We're
0: five star, yeah. Of course. <laughs> what
1: are we doing? <laughs> Why are we doing overtime? We're five star players. But hats off to this team. It's hard to get rid of LSU. It is hard to get this is not the same football team that lost to Florida State. And they start figuring that out at the second half against Florida State. And then, because he's not a bad quarterback. he's Dales is actually a pretty good quarterback, and I think he has moments where he shows that he can lead a team to the playoffs. Right? right. And they have an opportunity to get to get that there. if they win now and if they go to SEC, SEC Championship, which I think they will. And they have the wide receivers. The defense is playing good. The fact that Alabama sacked them over five times and they still was in they the game, wins. it's hard so to tough. get rid of them. Alabama have has a hard time this season getting rid of people. They should have got rid of Tennessee. Should have got rid of LSU. It's a couple of the teams that played around. They finally was like, okay, we we have enough juice to get you Texas,
0: know the Texas game early on. Texas
1: game. So it was just, come on, man. I don't. I it. I don't think Alabama's going anywhere. To be honest with you, I think they're still Alabama. But I think the the playing field is leveled yeah. because they're not of, done.
3: The, the, transfer, yeah, yeah they're, not for yeah. The
1: yeah, they're still like number two, number three in the recruiting class, but right. it's it's even playing field even, because yeah. of the transfer transfer portal and you know, different things that get players to other colleges. Now, it's everybody has great players too, and then SEC hasn't been this really, really this good since like 08, 09, 10, yeah. like everybody. So it's extremely difficult because you got to see these people. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you see these people throughout the throughout your year. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I see them SEC championship. No, you got to see me every year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, I love it. They should have got rid of Georgia, too. I thought they had an the opportunity to beat Georgia. Hold up. No, they did not played Georgia yet.
0: They, they haven't they? played Georgia.
1: Oh, okay, they, they haven't, haven't played, played, Georgia. played Georgia. They played uh, Tennessee, LSU, and they beat, yeah, they only lost two. They're 72. Yeah. But no, you know, I, I mean, it was a heck of a game, man. Uh, Amazing. Great. Yeah, great call. Great call. Two point conversion. They could not handle those tight ends. Those tight ends went mismatches throughout the game. But yeah, hats off to LSU, stand in there and keep up the fight. Because after a while, as an offensive lineman, you get defeated when you give a five sacks on your quarterback. You'd be like, oh, I can't figure it out. But then you start running quick screens, draw plays, different. You switch up. You help the offensive line, which LSU did, and yeah. kept them in the game. And that way, you have mixed matches on the back end because nobody could cover those tight ends. Nobody. All, man. But yeah, hats off to LSU. Game changing. You know, adapting to uh, what Alabama was doing. Hats off. Yeah, yeah. Major game. win. Major yeah, major win. win. Um,
0: and, and now kind of getting into Clemson's uh, a stunning loss, redeem and this changing, you know, the, the the college football playoff landscape uh notre dame dominated clemson 35 to 14 at home and prince College scored in a block punt benjamin, benjamin morrison returned an interception 96 yards uh, for a touchdown and had another touchdown uh, to set up another score so notre dame earned uh, another win for the second straight straight week over a ranked opponent but what are your thoughts on this major upset um for notre dame and also like we've 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 covered games with clemson where they've been able to eke it out closely um, get by, but this was the one week where it caught up with them and they just got completely uh, dominated by Notre Dame team.
1: You know, we, we've we seen this year and the years prior <clears throat> that Clemson always starts off really slow. Right. And we've seen them with Wake Forest. We've seen them with, even for, you know, all these for the state, they start off really slow. Then they pick up in the second half. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, they give them a chance to. <laughs> yeah. Going 14-0. Right. Yeah, going 14-0 in halftime. I don't think at this point you have any speech left. I mean, they, they scored twenty one points in the in the fourth quarter, so I, I don't think you have any speech to to go into like, hey, we're only down two scores, zero zero. Ah. They're scoring on every possible aspect of the game, block punt, there, and then Clemson looks look like they were in high school, missed tackles, just out of cues, penalties. It's just they look sloppy, and Notre Dame took advantage of it. Now, if you would have asked me. If I thought Notre Dame would beat Clemson before, you know, going to the guy, I would have said no because Clemson, I think, is finally in a groove. And I was, I was saying a couple weeks yeah. ago, I'm interested to see how they continue to implement, uh, implement. Uh, ooh, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro! I have so many follies, bro. No. Uh, ukulele.
2: Uh, <laughs> DJ. <laughs>
1: DJ ukulele. Um how they would continue to like slow the game down for him. Mm. They didn't slow it slow it down uh, uh, <laughs> slow nah, enough I for this one. one. But it was just like, you know, they came in it just out of sorts. So it's hard to come back when you're not tackling, you're missing tackles, you're out of out of position, penalties, quarterback, the play call is not good, coaching is not good. You get Fs across the board, and you lose 35-14. Cut pace dry. Moving on. But they're still number four. Crazy. I mean, only lost one game, but crazy. Still crazy. <laughs> crazy.
0: And, and and that's another thing. Like, this Notre Dame at the for beginning of the season looked like they were struggling, you know, struggled a lot. We're, we're losing yeah. games. And now, like, kind of turning it around a little bit. Do you feel as though it's one of those things where they're kind of starting to... Almost like maybe not the same extent to LSU because LSU, you know, they had a loss at the beginning of the season, but were able to like yeah. they're obviously turned it around greatly. Like when a team kind of struggles at the beginning, but then they they kind of look to to turn things around in the second half. What do you kind of attribute that to mainly?
1: I mean, you know, continue to believe in your head coach and believe in the system that he's implementing. I mean, he's still a you know fairly new <clears throat> program. Has changed since he's been there. They're so used to Brian Kelly being there for, you know, 20 plus years. Now he's at LSU, which is which is crazy. Um, yeah. But just the, the the atmosphere and what they're trying to uh, accomplish there. I think you can each week you take it, you know, day by day and each game you get better. I've, I've seen Notre Dame get better. I didn't think they were going to be Clemson. I mean, I'm the first one to tell yes. you that. But I thought they progressed enough to be like, okay, we can win at least seven, eight games this season, mm-hmm. and you know, finish off strong. But when you beat, you know, top three team, now your your psyche goes up, yeah. you, you're hyped, you're you're amped up. Now they're seeing what what you know they're capable of. Yeah, what they're capable of in the patience of the game, patience of getting better every week, and remembering why you do two, three-a-days in the offseason, why you lift, why you do this, why I committed to come to Notre Dame for the school spirit, win, lose, or draw. So I think they're finally feeding in and buying into in what the new era of Notre Dame is. So hats off. Hats off to them. Good win. Keep it going? Question yeah, mark.
0: keep it going. <laughs> Question <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now getting into Georgia's big time home win uh, versus Tennessee Georgia won 27 to 13 also took a, a 21 point lead late late in the third quarter and and its defense you know teed off on hooker never allowed him to get comfortable he was sacked mm-hmm. uh, three times in one possession in the, in the fourth quarter And a fourth sack was was wiped out by, by a face mask penalty but what were your main takeaways from a dominant Georgia home win and this feels like one of those wins where it's like a reminder game that Georgia's you know still the best team in the country and you're gonna have to get through them if you want to win the title this year.
1: They threw um, different coverages and different blitz packages at him in the beginning. But once they start getting home without blitzing, the game is over. Yeah, When you don't have to sacrifice one of your DBs or your middle linebacker or your Mike, whatever, to get to the quarterback and your front four can get to the quarterback, the game is over the game is completely over because he hasn't seen that. They People had to blitz to get to him. But if you consistently get into the quarterback without blitzing, bro, psyche of a quarterback, you're going to feel it. Because you can see when they're about to blitz, when they're off the edge. But if right. your front four is getting there <laughs> as a quarterback, you're alert, alert. You're not, like you said, he couldn't get comfortable because mm-hmm. they were getting home. So that was the game right there. And it, that allowed DBs to cover longer. It's, it's, it was beautiful. Their defense is so beautiful, and then Bennett doesn't make many mistakes. Mm-mm. He's that quarterback who's gonna game. Ma- clean game. He's gonna manage it. He's gonna take what the defense gives. He might go deep a couple of times. He has a lot of weapons. Don't get me wrong. He got thousands of weapons. He got a God that's nine six. <laughs> high five God before he came in the game. I, I saw it. Like yeah, I just just saw the cloud. He just high five God. Uh, <laughs> but. He doesn't make mistakes, and when your defense, like I said, when your defense gets home without blitzing, you can run any package. You can run it more cover, 2 They're not going to get over top because they love doing wheel routes. They love, uh, you know, making the defense confused. They couldn't do that if they're getting home. Hats off to the front seven. Hats off to that front four defense lineman and interchanging the defense lineman. They won the game, for sure. They won Definitely. the game. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and now kind of getting into most intriguing week 11 game, a, a team that just keeps winning Oregon. I, I, I'm still I'm still in, intrigued by what they're doing. They're, they're going to be playing Washington um, in an in, in 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 important conference uh, matchup. But to, to you, what it, looking ahead, what is your mm-hmm. kind of most most intriguing week 11 game?
1: You know, we, we laughed at Oregon. Well, it's just first of all, Oregon's, you know, <laughs> schedule is weak. The the, yeah. bi- the biggest game they played was against Georgia. Georgia. and Yeah. <laughs> And we saw what happened, right? But I am impressed with Bo Nix. I think he yeah, took him getting impressive. out, yeah, getting out of the SEC because there's more talent in the SEC. Given you go to a different conference, you're going to be able to sit in the pocket because the SEC they made him a kind of made him a dual-threat quarterback, which he was coming out of high school. But I think now he's able to be a pocket passer and use that you know West Coast offense to his is for his betterment and be it better as a pass you know a pass thrower. I love that. I love that about them, but they're not ready for anything other than their schedule. (laughs) And I say that because if they go against any other SEC team again, if they have to meet Georgia again, you think they're going to, it's going to be the same.
0: Same Same outcome. just different this year. SEC It's just different.
1: different, And I think people are finally realizing and seeing how good the SEC is because we always talk about it. But you always, you're seeing it. Kentucky was still good this year. Tennessee right. is good this year. Alabama, Georgia. Um, uh, so you know some other ones. Florida is in there, in and out. Uh. <laughs> you got to
0: bring them in there. You're like, got to bring my team in.
1: <laughs> We're in and out. But, no, I mean, I'm impressed with Bo Nix, uh, what he's doing for that team and being the you know first-year starter and still being 8-1. Mm. But they're not ready for that noise again. They're not yeah. ready for
0: it. It's it's, it's levels. It's definitely, yes, it's definitely levels to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and transitioning to the NBA, and, and to start off with, obviously the, the major news of um, Kyrie's five suspension and the controversy of his recent comments. Um, the Nets suspended him without without pay this past Thursday, dismayed by his kind of repeated uh, failure to quote unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs. In quote, um, with Irving later issuing an apology for a social media post last week about a book and a movie that um feature anti-Semitic tropes, but what are your thoughts on this suspension and kind of the situation surrounding Kyrie's comments? Because there have been, obviously, moments in the past where Kyrie has had issues with the media, the vaccine, and now this season we're, we're kind of seeing uh, more more of a clash with, with, with him and kind of like w- what he's uh, putting out on social media.
1: You know, it's crazy. I don't see anything he did wrong, to be completely Freedom honest. Of speech.
0: With Freedom you. of speech is being taken. Freedom of speech, first
1: of all, he just posted a movie, right? Right. Jews to Negroes what's what's the problem how is that it, it, I tried to Mezzling. yeah and I'm saying like what are y'all still upset because of the COVID thing yeah I'm making a, a big deal out of it because now we see what they did to Kanye it was like oh it's okay to do this now all right we're gonna do this to Kyrie because we should have did it. Like, are you trying to make an example of him out of him it's, he didn't say anything out of his mouth. Yeah,
0: just posted something.
1: Any, just posted something. Yeah. I am baffled, bro. It's
0: like, what can you post? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and they, they were saying like, oh, that's promotion. I'm like, he didn't. He never spoke about it. Just put it up.
1: He just you put know, it up. That, that, I think it was on was Twitter it was or on Twitter. Instagram. It was on, tw- <laughs> Literally,
0: on Twitter. Literally, Twitter.
1: Everything is on Twitter. Everything is, I don't understand it. Like, yeah, I just don't understand. I think they're trying to make an example out of them or something because of last year. We're, we're tired of what you're doing. We gave you enough leeway. Now you're, he didn't even say anything about Jewish people. He didn't say anything about, so why does he have to meet with a Jewish leaders? Why does he have to do all these stipulations to play basketball again?
0: Yeah, this the stipulations that they recently put up are like Crazy. that's a full length laundry list of things he's gotta do and Yes, you know even people are saying like Kyrie might decide, hey, this is not for me. I don't yeah. have to continue to and I would fully I would be fully okay with it, fully supportive, because like you shouldn't have to kinda go through all that just to get back and play basketball.
1: They're trying to appeal it the uh, the players' association trying to appeal it, but if he retires and I hope he does cuz you don't need to you, you I think you're solidified. That. I think you solidified in basketball. You got a championship. We we see you as, you know, top 10 greatest point guard ever. I don't think you will ever win another championship ever again. So, I think you made enough money from the NBA. I think you're good. I think you should go philanthropy. I think you should be a you know, you a that. uh yeah, advocate for the things you want to do. Freedom of speech is definitely one of them. I I will support him because he did nothing wrong. Nothing. The What's the owner or whoever for the Sons? He didn't have to go through all this. Right. About what you said about black people or, mm-hmm. you know, Robert his Robert. remarks. Yeah. Yeah, none of that. He didn't have to go meet with any black leaders. That's, it's, it's crazy. It's Double crazy. To me. It's a,
3: Double. It's clear,
1: it's we went through the same thing y'all did. Same team. What uh, uh? What uh what? said about Lecrae? He made a song. Said same team. <laughs> it was swoop.
0: It, it's 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 getting to that point. Like even with like you said, with, with what happened with COVID last year, I do think there's a possibility that that's extending into this year. People mm-hmm. had a major issue with him not taking the vaccine, not wanting to do it, and it almost feels as though it's it's leaning into an example, um, for for, for this season and even looking more at this net team, you know, they recently fired a Steve Nash um, mm-hmm. and now kind of tr- trying to find the next co- coaching direction. Like what are your thoughts on that departure and also kind of the season Brooklyn is having? Cause it's, it's, it's it almost feels similar to last year where there's just not that chemistry and cohesiveness. Obviously yeah. Kyrie and, and, and Katie are able to, to put together great performances, but there's not that collective unit. And obviously Seth Curry is out, but you're just still not feeling that. Hey, this is like, this is not one of the best teams in the East. This is a team that's really middling.
1: It's the same thing. Well, I feel it's similar to the Green Bay Packers situation. You know, it's it's you know you respect the player for what he did, um, what he's done in the past, and his his you know his resume. But there's a difference playing for him. Mm-hmm. They 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 didn't want to play for Steve Nash. They respect. I feel like they respect Steve Nash for what he did for the game of basketball. But as a coach, they didn't respect them. They're not good. like you said. Right. They're not listening to me. So it's, it's kind of hard to coach a team who doesn't listen to you, who changes the plays, who who does what they want to on the court with no repercussions. So obviously it was, I don't know who there will get in there for them to listen to this coach, but I think it was, I think it was a great move by both of them. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put myself through this torture for this organization. And these yeah. players don't listen to me. So I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was, it was uh, a clean kill. <laughs> So I, I thought it was a clean kill, bro. Because both of them said hey, you know what? This ain't for me, but not for
0: me. I'm back out. I'm gonna back out. I
1: don't think it is either. So we are good. We're we good.
0: good. <laughs> I'll see you later. See you later. See you on the other clean side. Clean kill.
1: <laughs> clean kill, man. For but for the state of basketball, I mean if Kyrie's not gonna come back, if he retires and it's KD, KD's gonna leave. He's gonna try to get out. I don't know if they're yeah. gonna be, yeah, he's eventually gonna. So Brooklyn's going to go back to that slumber like they were in before. <laughs> no, no, no. They were they were decent in
0: 2019-20. D'Angelo De- D- 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 Russell in that unit. Like, that yeah, team was yeah, yeah. strong. That, that team was solid.
1: They were yeah. good. But before that, they were in a slumber. So they might go to that slumber again. And,
0: and, and before we get to our next topic, the Warriors, obviously, the defending champs, have really kind of been struggling. Three and seven. Um, and – Kind of not ha- have had that that same kind of cohesive um, um, feel to what they what they've been doing um, in, in terms of the recent road losses that that, that, that that they're having. Like, what are your thoughts on some of the struggles you're seeing from them? Is it is it one of those things where this is possibly hey, this is an early start to the season where there's some issues, offensive struggles early on, and that they can eventually figure it out, or, or are you possibly more concerned with with kind of the early struggles that they're um, going through?
1: Hmm. that is a good question. You know, <clears throat> I feel like we've seen different stages of this team. Like, we see them start a fire. we still we seen them start off, like, really, really slow. And we've seen them start off mid. But every uh, situation they started in, they always ended strong. I think they missed the playoffs, like, once in the past seven years, eight years, possibly. Yeah. And that's when everybody up. was hurt. Yeah. So, I'm never. Yeah, Ever. Ever, 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 worried about that squad. Even when they go through their squabbles, they figure out a way to win and they figure out a way to, to play for each other eventually. Mm-hmm. And I think last year we saw that they started off decent. And then, no, they they started off good and went crazy. But the year before that, they started off decent and we saw that, you got know, to Steph, play in.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, They was like, okay, next year y'all gonna see a different team, and we saw a different team. So, yeah. yeah, So I'm not, you know, I I'm not worried about that squad. I feel like they're gonna figure it out. You know, I I think they'll they have a great front court, backcourt, and they have a great bench. Mm -hmm. They gotta figure it out. You know, that's what they do. They if any team I'm like solidified and confidence with, yeah, and intertwined with it's it's them. No worries. Cause like I said, we saw them start off really slow. We saw them see them start off on fire and we seen them start off mid in every opportunity in every situation they've done, they ended strong. So yeah. no yeah. this situation won't be better any different.
0: Um and now kind of getting into if Cleveland or Milwaukee start to the season has been more impressive. Uh, these are the top two teams in the East. Milwaukee's nine and oh, Cleveland's eight and eight and one. Um Donovan Mitchell has quickly kind of you know made his presence felt with his Cavs team and the big man duo of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley has been very solid defensively. And and on the other side, Giannis is having another MVP caliber season while they're still finding a multitude of ways to win. But what are your thoughts on, you know, which team has kind of been more impressive? Because obviously uh, Milwaukee, they have that championship experience. But this Cleveland team, they're really kind of finding just uh, a hitting, hitting their stride. Uh, Donovan Donovan Mitchell is just really accelerating this team's growth. And they're they're one of the top two teams in the East right now.
1: I'm not going to eat that Croja shit. What we said, I didn't expect. What it's it's only tip game of the season. Yeah, yeah. Seventy two more to go, not including the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, so I'm not gonna eat that crow yet. But I would say, I will say, Cleveland Cavaliers start has been more impressive than Milwaukee. the Milwaukee Bucks. You you look at Cleveland Cavaliers roster, we got right now a rejuvenated Kevin Love who has been knocking down threes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell is playing like we've seen him at Utah Jazz. He's always plays good in the beginning, middle of the season, and then tell Lenny kind of weighs, and then when he gets to playoffs, he's non-existent. So now, that's why I said I'm not going to eat the pro yet. But I do think their their 8-1 start is way more impressive than the Milwaukee Bucks because I expect that from him now because Giannis has got three solidified years under his belt now, and then he yeah. has his, his best guy back and they they make great moves in the offseason so i love what they're doing but i'm not yeah, i'm not surprised but this i want to see the, if they can continue to go down this road and be that successful 50, 50 game in 53 yeah, game in yeah yeah
0: that's the metric
1: have after the break after the you know the all-star break. break what what it looks like then you know 9 and 1 that's cool that's that's yeah. that's that's good that's good they haven't been 9 <laughs> and 1 since lebron james left okay cool but it's so hard <laughs> to continue that season. success. It's long a long season. season, so. But I'm not taking anything. I, I love just what Donovan Mitchell is doing. Kevin Love looks like he's rejuvenated. I think they got some young guys that are coming off the bench who are doing pretty good. I see Darius Garland is coming to his own, and I'm more and more getting on that bandwagon. But it's taking some time. But you know, I think you know Darius Garland if he continues to go down that road, and then. You know, Kevin, we get a rejuvenated Kevin Love. Kevin, that's who I'm more, you know, excited about because Kevin Love has been through a lot in the NBA. Going from the number one guy, going 40-20 every night for the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, and then going to the Cavaliers and just going through his depression. Now he's finally back. I'm loving it. Keep shooting those threes, Kevin. But I think their start is way more impressive because they have a younger squad, obviously. and then I'm just you know I'm interested to see if Donna Mitchell Donovan Mitchell can continue that success with this team
0: definitely and and like have, are there any other Eastern Conference teams that have impressed you because obviously Atlanta they're six and three it's Toronto six and four Boston is still six and three like have there been any other teams in the east that, that have kind of impressed you with how they you know for an early start to this season with, with with what they're currently doing Chicago, yeah,
1: five and six still <clears throat> still got some some bruises. But, I mean, DeMar DeRozan looks good, man. Mid-range.
0: Looks Mouse really the good. Mid-range.
1: Yes, he looks good. I think they have potential. They had potential last year before everybody started going down. Yeah. Lazo went down. Zach Levine went down. <clears throat> so, I think they have – I think they definitely have some upside, five and six. I love what they are right now. they number seven in the East. Good number to be in, but I think they're a mid-late season type of team who's going to grow the, stronger. Yeah, yeah. second half so, run. Mm-hmm. And I think Demar Derozan is definitely a great leader, and I've I've seen that when he was with Toronto and the Spurs, just having those you know two different coaching styles, two different you know teams, especially with the Great White Snowman. Remember that
0: brought it back, brought it
1: back, <laughs> brought it back. That's one the of the OG. That's
0: one of the OG references. <laughs> yes,
1: Greg Popovich, the Great White Snowman, man. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I like Chicago. I like what Chicago is, and um. Yeah, Boston hasn't impressed me still just yet. I think they're still coming to their own still. But I like Chicago. I think Chicago is going to make a run for it.
0: Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into the second half of our topics. And we're joined by a special guest, Maurice Hendricks, a good time friend of the show um it's been on Cal count- yeah yeah <laughs> gotta bring the round of applause thanks so much for being back on bro
2: what's up man how y'all doing doing good doing good
0: yeah man definitely doing good and to start off um before we get on album reviews obviously thoughts on the the tragic passing of takeoff and kind of you know the unfortunate cycle of this happening um the, the last tuesday morning takeoff was was shot and killed in houston texas and police received a call of a shooting um in progress around 2 a.m local time and this is obviously like you know a major blow um hip-hop and and him you know being originally from the very influential trio the Migos, but to you maurice like how will you remember takeoff you know in the short life life he had and also kind of you know the continued loss of rappers we've had this year
2: yeah man uh it's when i heard the news it was like so surprising i was like how you know It, it wasn't like surprising in the sense that it happened because like it happens all the time right and it's continuing to happen um so like at this point it's like you know we have to take a look into why it's happening and like what's going on. What are we promoting in our music and stuff that is allowing this to happen? Um, but yeah, still tragic music here, uh, especially when you hear about like the actual circumstances of like what went down. That's like bro, like just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it's it's just sad to hear, man. Like, I we just got to do better, you know? Yeah, definitely.
0: It's- Savon, to you, like, what were your thoughts like, like when you first heard the news and, and just kind of like Maurice was saying, the cycle that, that we kind of are, <clears> are <throat> continue, continuing to see uh, tragically?
1: Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time to be completely honest with you. It just, you know, I never understood dice <laughs> throwing dice anyways um, but just have that slight moment of if people didn't feel like they had to say something when they're being disrespectful or learning when to say stuff and not say anything because that escalated too fast and then how do you get shot by your own people it's just just the weirdest thing ever so man that's really sad because I never knew that Offset was the nephew of Quavo until he passed I didn't know that I didn't know they were related I knew they were cool or whatever but I never knew they were related which Back is close. yeah, yeah. It, it, it hits a little harder now knowing their relationship and that's why they kind of obviously Quavo and uh Offset stayed while Oh, the Quavo and Takeoff stayed while Offset did his own his own thing. So, but it, it's very yeah. sad, man. I do. I I thought Takeoff was the the better Mingo, the better rapper. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, his flow was a little bit we better. Ready his adlibs. Ad- we had just yeah, talked about him with, his, with their last album.
0: Yeah, we just yeah. Talked about them. yeah.
1: So, man, yeah, that's very sad. Wrong place at the wrong time. But just knowing how to control your, I know they probably was drinking and other stuff was in the system, so it's kind of hard to. Yeah, kind of yeah. control your emotions. Yeah. And he would still be here. Like, if y'all would have just, like, you know what I'm saying, talk, you know, whatever, bro, we about to slide. I'm not about to even do with this. And walk away.
2: Yeah. I mean, and the that crazy thing too, is, like. at
0: late, too. Yeah. yeah. at late just didn't make sense.
2: The craziest thing was, like, it wasn't even, like, takeoff that was, like, getting angry, right? It was, like, other people that, like, were, were getting heated. He just stood up to, like, I think, like, you know, calm down the situation. Or he just, like, stood up out of nowhere. I think, from what I've read, um, just, like, kind of, like, Either get away, walk away, or like calm down the situation, and then bam, you know, he got he got shot from like crossfire or something. So like that's just like the craziest thing to me. Like, how did it escalate to that level to where like you're caught in the crossfire and like, you know, stuff like that? He wasn't even the the guy that was like beefing with anybody or talking. So that's the right. crazy part. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and, and getting to our, to our first album review with, with Drake and Twenty One Savage's so for Loss" and kind of thoughts on this collaboration. Um. And this new album, you know, there's a lot of beats on here, kind of that that blend up tempo trap vibes with um old all, um old old school R and B and your hip hop vibes. Um, Drake, you know, sounded extremely competitive and focused throughout the project. in 21 kind of adds relatable greatness throughout. But to, to you, Maurice, like, like like looking at this th- this collab album, um, obviously like ever since the the Jimmy the, the Jimmy Cooks collaboration that they've kind of been deemed as like a possible project coming. But what were your your thoughts on this overall project and just some of your initial takeaways? All right. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's laughing. He's laughing.
2: <laughs> I'm about to hit you all with that save-on review real quick. <laughs> the, con- the controversial save-on review. I'm not going to lie, man. I came in with low expectations because we've talked about this before where I-, I think Drake's at a point where, like, he doesn't really have that much to prove. He's not, like, being pressed to, to try anything new. Um, So I think, like, I came in with low expectations in the sense that, like, I wasn't expecting, like, anything new, like, experimental. I was expecting, like, previous Drake. Um, but, man, to me, like, I don't see all the hype behind this album. Like, it, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I will say the production was amazing. I, I, I do like the production, right? Right, um, right? I do think, like, like I just, I don't know, man. Like, it, to me, it was it was just, like, not it. Like, there's no, none of, none of the songs in this project. Like where were the hits? There's not a single hit on this album that's gonna like last like 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 any of his previous uh work. Um and like <laughs> it's supposed to be a collab album and twenty one is on there for like ten percent of the time, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> it felt like more of a Drake project than a than yeah. project.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I think like the biggest thing, like I said before, is like Drake's not being challenged by anyone to to try anything new. And I came in expecting that, but somehow he's still like didn't meet those expectations. So that's like the crazy part. I just realized, like, I'm just, I guess I'm just like, I'm tired of like listening to the same Drake over and over again that like isn't growing as a, as an artist and as a person, I guess. Because like, I think like, I, I saw this in a, I heard this in a Sean C interview too. It was like, all right, uh, the YouTube video. He oh, was just
0: Shanti's like, "Yeah, a hater. Shanti's Dude, a hater. Oh my he goodness. is a he is a I'm hater. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Oh lie. He's a hater, but Shanti he has some good Drake's points." Done. He said Drake's, done. "Oh, get out of here, get out of here." He, he listen, in listen to the middle ocean. Listen to the middle ocean. Come
2: on. He, he has some good points though. One of them was basically like the things that we liked Drake for back then are at this age is not like we like it's not like. Cool, I guess anymore for Drake to be rapping about the same thing. Like I don't like Drake anymore because of that. Like it's it's like I want something else from Drake, like other stuff that I've seen him like kind of do. So that's my thoughts on it. Like just really like you know I'm not disappointed, but like I'm also just like like not wild, and I'm I'm not that impressed with this project. To wow! Be honest, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: my goodness! Not impressed. Not impressed. Oh, I'm stunned. I'm stunned, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. say, say, say bye. <laughs> why say bye. wait
1: wait why are you stunned wellerton
0: i thought they were a lot of people on this project i really did i, this thought, project... I
1: thought go ahead go ahead Wilton. To,
0: to, to me obviously to me obviously the, the main the main critique is the fact that it was more Drake than 21. i feel like for a collab album, like what we saw with Drake and future and what a time to be alive that was more of the 50 fifth yeah. split i think the yeah. thing is like like some people are saying they kind of want to see drake challenge himself more and that's if, if, if that's what you were looking for, then I can see why you would be disappointed. But I think mm-hmm. Drake and 21 have, have good chemistry. It's just the fact that you possibly didn't get the right split, the right 50-50 split. I think that's probably yeah. right. most people are disappointed. But, but to you, Savon, what, what were your kind of initial
1: takeaways? I don't think that would have helped, Wellington. to be completely honest with you. that This this project was boo-boo. It was really <laughs> boo oh, I literally was like, why is Drake talking Drake, you. This is not you, bro. Like, even with the collab with uh, Future, Future. that was more his level. Twenty One is, I'm a trap star. I kill people. Drake, you won't even kill a fly. Like, what? I don't want (laughs) to hear you talk murder gay. I don't want to hear you say that. I don't murder gay. I don't want to hear you say that. That's Twenty One, and I'm not a big Twenty One Savage fan. So it was kind of like, mm, whatever. Like the bar, he said, oh, the what is it? The bartender don't look at my ID. ID 12, 21. Yeah,
3: 21,
1: 21 yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Tomato emoji. <laughs> Boo,
2: bro. Bro, the internet was going hard over that line, bro. What's he talking about? The internet was like, oh my god, 21 best lyrics of all time, bro. Like That was
1: so <laughs> ABC. One, two, three. It's Bro, that was yeah. I, I'm 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 just not impressed. Like you said, I'm not impressed with this album, even if mm-hmm. it was seven percent Drake. It just wasn't. I don't like Drake in that mode. Like it's certain songs like nonstop. You know, eight out of ten. Right. Those yeah, are
3: that.
1: in your level. Mm-hmm. But when you talking about other, like, come on, bro. Just, just <sighs> he's disappointing me twice in a row. <laughs>
0: Oh, because he didn't like the Honesty Nevermind review. I didn't, he didn't like, like the honest. He didn't like the summer vibes. He didn't like It texaco. Yeah.
2: <laughs> See, but my he thing either. is, like, in that situation, like, I I, I couldn't be mad at him for trying something new, right?
0: Yeah, he, he this, challenged himself. He challenged yeah, himself. yeah.
2: And, and so, like, I when I re-listened to the album, I listened to it for what it was, and I liked it, right?
0: Vibes. Vibes, this, man. Uh, exactly. Vibes. With this
2: album, I've listened to it, like, three or four times already, right? Like, and... I'm trying to figure out, like, why I just can't like vibe with it, and it's just because, like, I I don't know. It's just like I it's just the same Drake over and over again. He has this formula that he goes to. Even I'm gonna hate me for this, but even with Middle of the Ocean, bro. Oh,
0: tell don't, me that's, tell me
2: don't, don't tell me uh, you're Don't tell me, that. me that's one of his best. Like, that's not a 3 a.m. track. That's not a that's not a timestamp track, bro. That's nowhere near his low. Like, it's the same formula, right? It's the same like flow. Like he he's getting in with the flow. He's getting in with the the pin and, like, his style of rapping, but, like, when you actually, like, listen to the lyrics and, like, look at them and they're like, he's what is he rapping about? Like, what did he rap about on that song? Tell me right now.
0: I don't remember. I, he's, he's so much richer than us. He's so much richer than us.
1: He's so much richer than us. That's what you bad, bro. I don't remember
2: this song. I remember when he used go- to rap about, like, getting to the top of the game or, like, staying in the top of the game, but now he's, he's rapping about how rich he is and he does that every song, so it's just like, it's just like, all right, cool, bro. We know how rich you are. We know you're a single bachelor, like, you're 30, like, what? He's he almost 40, and he's still talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that.
1: All his defense, like, what else is there to talk about?
2: That's what
0: I'm saying. It's kind of like if you were at that, uh, I don't know, man. You're you at that,
1: that level, bro. You're at the like, top of
0: the mountain, what else are you going to talk about? Jay says
1: the, the same thing. Jay does <laughs> oh, like the same thing. Oh, I can't believe it. a different way, way, bro. Like, what is he going to talk about next? Yeah, time? that's what I'm saying. That's all, like that's that's the level people want to get to. Exactly. Yeah, 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 you're not wrong. You're not
2: wrong. I think like 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 well, okay, but like Jay Z, like he does it in a different way. Like like because he doesn't do it as much. I think that's like the the thing, yeah, right? He so he's know. he just yeah, drops. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think that's what it is, really. So I think if he just like took back the frequency at which he talks about the same stuff, maybe we'll like start like wanting him to still talk about it, but Forget like. That.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm over it at this point, you know? You're not wrong either, because I'm tired of this too, because I'm disappointed. <laughs> I am still listening cool. to
2: uh
1: other Bibles. I don't
0: <laughs> I never thought I would see the day where Joe Budden praises two Drake albums and Savon and Maurice criticize two Drake albums back to back, man. Never thought Joe Budden loves like this album. Wow, He
1: with 21 Savage too, he, li- he, like like, 21. he likes he like- 21 Savage, wow. so yeah. obviously, I mean, yeah. if you like 21, do you like Drake? Yeah, I mean, we'll but, with, yeah. yeah, I'd rather see another future in Drake.
0: That would be um, amazing. Yeah, that would what are be time you like,
2: they
0: just they don't miss, they don't miss together Yeah,
2: yeah. I, don't think I don't think it would happen, especially after yeah, this album. No, no, like, he's not going to another one, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'll get into our next review with Divisions, Working on on My Karma, in their latest project, which was, you know, one of the most kind of highly anticipated R&B albums of the year, executive produced by Jermaine Dupri. And, you know, there's elements of admitting toxic ways in past relationships and and some people kind of, you know, having to lose in order to appreciate having what they have in the first place. But uh, to you, Maurice, what were your initial thoughts on this album and kind of, you know, the direction that they took in it?
2: Yeah, so this is actually the first like division album I fully listened to. Like, I think I've listened to a couple of the other songs in the past or some some singles every now and then, but this is the first album that I sat back and really like took in. Um, but yeah, overall, I really like this. The sound, uh, soundscape on this project, like, the instrumentation is amazing. Um, uh, and I really liked, uh, like, Take It Slow, and then there was one more song I really liked I added to add it to, but I think it was like stay faithful or something like that faithful um, no point. yeah yeah, yeah. uh but uh, but yeah dude just the soundscaping like to me it was something fresh like it was something fresh in music that i'm really missing right now like i'm craving something fresh and this this album really gave it to me um so i really enjoyed this listen to it overall and yeah just the messaging overall it's like you know it's, it's classic r&b you know love making you know past relationships and then learning from those relationships you know what i'm saying so I, I took it in and i i really enjoyed this project
0: Definitely. Um, to t- you say bomb, what were your initial thoughts? Because I mean, obviously, you're you've been a little critical of, of Division recently with some of their songs, but what did you th- oh my goodness, you're giving me the look? What did you think about this one? <laughs> no, Ooh. no, not back to <laughs> He's
1: <laughs> killing me, bro. I used to be such a big division oh, family division fan, bro. He's got so mainstream, it mm. kills me. Mm. Bro, if you go back and lo- listen to the EP that him and Westcom dropped, the first ever music he ever dropped, that was true division music. This others even Muse was kind of, all this other stuff is mainstream, is boo boo. Even Jermaine the Pre Ballhead should have <laughs> said, you know what? We're going to take you back
3: <laughs> to the beginning.
1: Back <laughs> to the Nah Nah 2000. We're going to take you back to the beginning and get y'all right. But this, yo, this wasn't it, bro. Like every song, I just, I just, maybe I'm not connected to music because I didn't like Weshcom's album, Ari Lennox's album. I didn't like that.
0: I still can't believe you didn't like that album,
1: man. I oh, really man. didn't. I could so. get into it, bro. Tell me I'm crazy, Reese. Tell me I'm crazy.
2: You're not that crazy. You're not that crazy.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know,
1: bro. I just did it. Now, oh, we are gonna talk about that later. But oh yeah, yeah I got what know, I wanted this year.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, I know you got what you wanted. Yeah, I got I know. what I wanted this year. You got what you wanted. I yeah. play that every day. <laughs> uh, I yes, I, I play know. it every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now kind of getting into, into West Side Guns' a new album Ten. Um, in his latest project, you know, it's, it's a kind of another vintage Rosetta type record with with consistent flows over soulful beats. Um, that hit, and, and you know, there's just confident deliveries and, and hungry bars throughout, but. To you, Maurice, like, what are your thoughts on this project from West Side Gun and, and kind of also some of the guests that he had on? Because he had an array of, of impressive guests as well.
2: Yeah. I saw he had, I think he had Aesop rocking yeah, on there. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll be honest, I don't really listen to West Side Gun that much. Um, so this is, like, my first project I listen to him. Um, I don't know, man. It's not typically my style of music that I listen to. So, like... And like I do listen to some artists that are more like the old school hip hop side, where they're like you know, it's been vintage, really vintage '90s, at, yeah, yeah, the vintage style. Like uh, I don't know if you guys know this guy named Mavi. I really like his stuff. We right just now.
0: talked about his last album, yes, yeah.
2: bro. oh my god, oh dude, I wish I was on for that review. That album was amazing. Um, yeah, but so for this album though, like for West Side Guns, I don't know, man. I just maybe I, I can't get behind like the like. Of course, Griselda's a legendary producer. Um, But I don't know. Maybe I just am not that into the the that style of of hip hop. So like a lot of samples, a lot of like uh, talking and like uh, the skits kind of stuff. That's happening in the background. DJ drama. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, ah, ah, you know. I was like, wow, wow. So I don't know. That's just me though. I I like the more melodic stuff and you know like modern day uh, Mm. hip hop. But that's still like that venture style, but like modern style, like Mavi. So like, right. you know, this this album was all right. Like I, I listened to it, but I, I didn't really enjoy it that much, to be honest. All right.
0: Um. To, to, to you, Savon, what, what were some of your uh, takeaways on it? We you, already know,
1: you already know. Authentic hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. That that boom, pap, the beats, to just like lyricism, bars. Like, yeah. This this is what this is what this is what hip hop was supposed to be until you get all this melodic stuff, which is cool. Mm. Well, I ain't gonna, I ain't mm. gonna hate hey, yeah, you
0: like cool, the melodic man.
1: stuff. too. Like you know? <laughs> 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 uh, don't do that to me, man. I love it too, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I love hip hop. You know, I love the the old school hip hop MC yeah, and yeah. all that. The old jazz, the old ensemble. <laughs> I thought it was very solid. What's our gun though? Really don't miss. Cause he's he in really that misses. pocket mm. and he's like, I, every, you know, I give him a pass, even if it doesn't sound good because he's authentic, authentically hip hop. And That's we are right. missing that. You know what I mean? We are missing that type. Cause you know, Freddie Gibbs is on that vibes. He does that as well. Um, yeah. He mm-hmm. does, you know, authentically yeah. hip hop. There's some other guys that do it too. But we're I think the 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 number is you know decreasing every year because down. of the style of the modern hip hop or just yeah. the rap side. stuff. So, so. Mm-hmm. when I hear people who continue to do it, good job, brother. Definitely. Will I do it?
0: Yeah, Gotta <laughs> no, experiment. It. Yeah. That's yeah bad. I won't do it, but nah, Savon to you, were there any like features or any any tracks that, that kind of stood out to you mainly on this project?
1: DJ drama for sure. He Spice It Up, Westside Pootie. I heard about him a couple years ago, um, but I thought his collab was good. Obviously, I I like ASAP Rocky's flow. Mm, ASAP be flowing, but I think he's underrated. Like he was on the other thing that we uh, Negos, the producers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like two tracks on there. He went crazy, and I was like, ASAP Rocky is slapped on, but I don't really like him like that no more uh, because don't even forget,
3: don't forget. That's tough, man. Bro, that's
2: my
1: ex-wife, bro. We said we would get back together one day, and then she gonna get with ASAP Rocky, huh?
2: Hey man, that that one day's still coming. Don't worry.
1: Thank you. See, Wellington don't give me that hope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm realistic.
0: wow he's like lift me up <laughs> I got he <laughs> said
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just what a boy say about your famous bro that's how you gotta that's all you gotta wait right on that's how you and gotta
3: wait
2: right on, on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh Ooh, I like your melodic raps man <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and, and, it oh, kind of, wow. and and now getting into Sumino's new album "Love for Rent," um, in his new project, it's kind of you know one of his most well balanced ones, and there's just an oh, adequate yeah. amount of rapping within an ever expanding vocal, um vocality. This was just to me like a thoroughly consistent and well put together project from Smiino. One of like this album I keep going back to. I feel as though there's mm-hmm. just so much versatility throughout it. But uh, humorous what, what were some of your initial thoughts on it and what you took from it?
2: Yeah, dude, I don't know why so many people that are, so a lot of the old Smino fans, I guess, or people that have been with him since like the old days. They don't really like this album. But for me, like I've I've also been with okay. Smino since the since like Nora and stuff like that. So I don't really understand why they don't like this album. Cause like, bro, this album to me, sonically, is like one of the most impressive albums that he's Here. like Yeah, exactly. Of the year. And especially that like in his past discography. Um I think this is like the most concise Smino you know, like ex like, he experimented still. Like, he's still, like, growing and, like, expanding his sound sonically. But it, it felt so concise, and it felt so well put together. And I think it's because he's been working on this for a while, you know. It, it's been a while. I think he delayed it, like, twice already. Um, but, yeah, dude, this album, to me, is impressive. I've been going back to it, like, every week, you know, just Same. on repeat constantly. So, to, yeah, this this album, I, I saved a lot of songs. I, I really like the, the sonic to this album.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's special. To, to, to you, Savon, what, what were some of your <clears throat> thoughts on it and kind of like um, your 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 main opinion of this entire project?
1: Smino is so versatile, bro. It's mm. it's crazy. Yes. yes. He can do any style that he wants to do, but I, I love the way he creates his own style. You mm-hmm. have some similarities with other artists, but it's it's his style. Like, he, you know, oh, that's Smino. And you mm-hmm. can tell that's Smino. And I love that about um, what he does with his music. And then he low key can sing too. Yeah. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Smino Smino is, is versatile. And he got the bars, he got the lyricism, he got the creativity to try things, and it works. This album was really dope. I love the 90 proof one with J. Cole. I thought that he, yeah, I was gonna, I, I was one. about
0: to ask you what you thought about the J. Cole feature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was
1: nice. Yeah. It was nice. You <laughs> always wonder because, you know, J. Cole can, you know, adapt to any, any type yeah. of track, but Smino's music is a bit different. But then mm-hmm. you think of Earth Game. Earth Game is kind of similar. Yeah. You know, in certain mm-hmm. styles or whatever. But so then I was like, oh yeah, it'll work. So when I played, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's saved. Mm-hmm. And okay, Billy, uh, Blue Billy saved Manta T, Okay, saved. So, so I always it's go ridiculous. I don't say the whole album. I save songs that I like and then yeah, I'll yeah. re-listen to those and I'll be like, okay, let me see. We'll yeah. Piece it together. Yeah. Like yeah. a little puzzle. Mm-hmm. Now nah, this was, yeah, I don't know why people don't like this. This was dope. Like he gave you sure. every you know every aspect of music. He gave you the the uh, Andre 3000. That's I'm like that's yeah,
0: gave, me that. yeah, it gave me Andre 2000 yeah. vibes. Yeah, gave me Andre 3000 vibes. Yeah, yeah. Gave
1: you everything you wanted in music. He gave you bars. He gave you the, the melodicness. Like he gave you everything. Yep. Yeah, dope.
2: Yeah. And Monté Booker, man, just a, a phenomenal producer. I love his style is so unique, bro. I love it.
1: Let me get a beat by him as a whip.
2: I'm saying, bro. Oh my a god. Rap. <laughs> a rap. <laughs> He said, we, will we, we'll be calling him right now.
1: What you call?
2: And before we get
0: to our next topic, Maurice, are there any other albums this year that you kind of are, are still kind of have on repeat and, and kind of have been going back to mainly? I mean, like for, for me, the forever story by JID is, is, one up there. 2000 by, by Joey Vade. Kendricks is, is, is definitely still there. Vince Staples. Like what have been mm-hmm. kind of been your top projects this year?
2: Yep, definitely the Kendrick album. Um, Also the... um, Crap, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. The first story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of the album. Yeah, yeah, Jenny, Uh, I've been going back to a couple of those songs. Uh, but other than that, man, i kind of just been, like, waiting on some new stuff. Because I, I listened to some, like, alternative artists, too. Oh, actually, no, no. Oh, I forgot it. I mentioned this other, but the Mavi album that just yes. came out this year. That is, that, I think he's been my number one artist this year, like, mm. by, hands down, just like, getting into that style, um, and finding artists like that, I've been kind of diving into that side of hip-hop, so, um, that album has been my, my, and just, like, diving deeper into his discography, that's probably my album of the year so far.
0: save mm. Savon, so, so are there any other, any projects for you that you kind of keep going back to throughout the year?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, Kendrick's, for sure, um, <clears throat> shoot, dang, it's a, it's a bunch, um, yeah, I'm just going to say Kendrick because all the other ones not coming to my head right now. But no, Kendrick <laughs> I still, I think it's it's still standing of the test of the of test of time and it's Agent. well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bunch of other guys that I, I listen to albums that don't come to mind right now. But yeah, Kendrick's is
2: still, I still
1: huh, I still listen to that <laughs> <laughs> I, ooh, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: um, I, I guess the baby Keem album too.
1: A lot of glue. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like Keem. I like Keem. <laughs> He said nah. He said nah. He's passing. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the Kendrick album. <laughs> yeah,
1: Interlude was fire, but
2: his his sound a music long, he's, individually, he's
1: long, okay, no, no.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah, his his, his, his sound music. Yeah, I don't rock right, with. Oh, oh, uh, waste, Wasteland. I'm you know I like artists mostly. Is. Wasteland, mm-hmm. Breezy, Chris Brown stuff. I'm going through my wash now. Um, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. A lot
0: yeah. of good R and B albums too, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good R and B albums
1: this yeah, year. Sure. Yeah. If mm-hmm. y'all don't know, y'all should listen, listen to Chase Secure. Chase Secure. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he's 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 pretty dope. All
0: right. Um, and, and getting getting to our next review with Sizz's with, with new song "Shirt," um, in her new single, this is just, just like a quintessential SZA type of song, and she's really perfected her style and being able to drop mm-hmm. kind of the right type of song in the lead up to an album, and the replay value is just extremely high. Um, to, to you, Marissa, what are your initial thoughts on this track? As she's you know. It just always kind of picks the right track right before an album, and this is just another hit that that's gonna work her well.
2: Yep. to me it was just evidence that she has not lost her touch. She she's still there. She's still in her pocket. You know what I'm saying? She knows what she has to do yep. Um, yep. on this next project, and I, I this gives me really high expectations uh, expectations for this project. Um, and yeah, yep. dude, I, I've also had this song repeat. It's it's, been, it's it's a hitter. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I just love her style so much. You know, so I'm I'm pretty excited to see what she has coming. Uh, just based off this song alone. You know, if it's is it coming out this year or is it dropping next year? She she hasn't next said yet. year. Didn't say yet. College looking
1: year. is like next year because she gonna probably yeah. let this play out until the end of the year <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then let it play out into the next year and then she's gonna drop in 2024.
2: We didn't say that. Yo, that'd be crazy though. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Any possibility
0: God. of December? I mean, it could be a fourth quarter. It could be a fourth quarter release, but I, I,
1: think, I don't she, think yeah, this song is going so crazy. Why so even messing yeah. it, right yeah. mess it up? Why even it yeah. up yeah. momentum? Because yeah. mm-hmm. the video is going crazy too. I like the little snippet, like little the At control the the or whatever. Well, no, not yeah. even. A, I'm talking about like when she showed control, like it's oh. overshadowing her career, her first yeah. album. I love man. that that she put that in there. like It was like one minute in. I almost did the dance, though. I almost did the dance. <laughs> I almost did it. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but that song's dope, bro. Five stars. Yeah. Five stars. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, so good, man. So good. The verses well, like, are
0: good. Hooks are good, too. And that's another thing. Like, What are you kind of mainly expecting... Um, either one of you can start but what are you guys mainly expecting from her second album in terms of just like in addition to what she did on on Control because obviously it's been so long since we've got that but what do you kind of want to see from the second project
1: songs like this oh Mm -hmm. songs like this bro I don't care if it has a message or not like you know Control had a uh, really hidden message in there but Mm -hmm. if she she has a bunch of songs that don't even go together she can make it a playlist but it has (laughs) to be songs like this like, yeah it has to be songs like this at this point we don't care what it is and I think yeah. that's brilliant at the, it's brilliant marketing but at the same time as a like a consumer like bro you need to we want some more but it's mm-hmm. very strategic because she can put out anything and we'll love it we'll mm-hmm. like it because sure. this song she she sip, snippet this last year and she just now dropped
0: it just put it
1: out and it's blowing up it's probably on a diamond already so Sounds like
2: this. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I feel like, um, I think like, uh, I agree with what Samo said too about like, like since Control kind of had like the theme and the message on that, like she doesn't necessarily have to like kind of do that on this next project. She just has to kind of follow up and put a lot of bangers on, a, on an album. And I think like, it'll still like meet expectations for people. Um, it would be nice to get like a themed album, but then you kind of get to start comparing like that versus like your first project, you know what I'm saying? So all she needs to do is just kind of, I still want her to keep that kind of like bedroom pop kind of style in terms of like being like, not like indie, but like still like not mainstream, you know what I'm saying? Like keep that like freshness to her for this next project. Uh, that's kind of the, the tracks that I'm looking forward to some interludes, you know, stuff like that. Um, but my expectations are really high, so I'm I'm pretty excited. Definitely.
1: On top of that, before we go... Wow, just lost a train of thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> you
1: know oh, okay. That's what I was saying. I just don't want her to go down the road Bryson Tiller went Bryce and down. T-
0: yeah, you mentioned yeah, that. Road. Yeah, because we got, yeah
1: once he dropped that second album, we, his height went down.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: if she's going to wait this long... Because we waited a minute for Bryson Tiller's too... And it did not hit the way we thought it was going to hit. So I don't want her to go down that road.
2: If Uh. you're gonna
1: do this, make sure it's gonna hit. It gotta, it gotta resonate. So that's my last little tidbit.
2: I agree. I don't think that'll happen though. I think just based off this song alone, like I think like you can talk about the single as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, we got let me explain in a couple other songs from Bryson Tiller that was kind (laughs) of sure. Let me explain, kind of. And I was like, oh. You ready come, ready come. I'm like, okay, we about to get Bryce and Bryce and then he got to flop. So yeah. hopefully, SZA, I called you yesterday, you didn't answer me. <laughs> you,
0: can the, you can come on the pod before the
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I set up that interview, that, pre, that pre-album interview.
1: <laughs> I don't want to buy no album. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I got a feature. here do no, bro. Like, should talk about this man on this album, bro. Just watch. Oh my goodness, my <laughs> <man>.
0: <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our review of The Wolf of Wall Street. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting to our review of The Wolf of Wall Street. And to start with the overview, of The Wolf of Wall Street is 2013 biographical comedy crime film directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Terrence Winter based on the 2007 memoir of the same name by Jordan Belford, uh, recounts Belford's perspective on his career as a stockbroker in New York City and how his firm, Stratton Oakman, uh, engaged in r- rampant corruption and fraud on Wall Street, which ultimately led to his downfall. Leonardo DiCaprio, who was also a producer of the film stars as Belfort, with Jonah Hill as his business partner and friend. I'm um, Also Donny Azov, Margot Robbie as his wife, and Naomi uh, LaPaglia. But it had a budget of $100 million, brought in $406 million into the box office. It has an 80-, 80% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, included... Um, five awards the 86th Academy Award ceremony, um, but to you, Maurice, like it start it off. Like, what were your thoughts on on, on this film? You know, it had had an extremely fun, funny moments, self referential, and just you know another one which Leonardo DiCaprio was extremely dynamic.
2: Yeah, it's one of those films. I think I watched like a while ago, but when I did watch it at the time, like all my friends were like, oh, you gotta watch this. You got. I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I'll watch it eventually. But when I, when I did watch, it, I was so glad that I did because man, this is like one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Um, at the time. When I watched it, um, but yeah, dude, it, it just all around was such a good film. Like from the comedic uh, elements to like the story to the writing, everything was just solid. Even like the cinematography and the everything like that, you know. Um, just overall, I just it, it's the most hilarious movie I've seen uh, in, in the time. So yeah, uh, I really
0: enjoyed this film overall. Definitely. Um, so you say, about like, what were your initial thoughts on the on the film and and, and the the components in it? <clears throat>
1: Super funny, super funny. Had every element that I was looking for in a film, especially with you know being in a Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio and then a Martin Scorsese film. We get introduced to Margaret, Margaret Roby. Grubby. I'm probably yeah. butcher her first name, whatever. Yeah, sorry,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> I was like, who is this? Where she come from? And she got like three or four look like what people that celebrities that look yeah. like her or they, she look like them they've been solidified but no it's a bunch of great actors in there we get Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey and for the, mm-hmm. we get that <laughs> like we get Jonah Hill we yeah. got John um, Bertone uh even John Favreau like we get so many people in his film mm-hmm. and I don't understand how I guess because it's Martin Martin get anybody to get in yeah. this film but yeah, yeah he had a lot of people in here we got introduced more introduced to Christine um uh Miliotti, she's she came aboard on how I met your mother at the end, and she was mm-hmm. actually the mom or whatever. So we got introduced to a lot of people and then we got you know actors that we love. So I thought it was star studded and it, it it met expectations. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know,
0: Marissa, film that I I talked to you about a lot a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but recently Amsterdam had a star studded yeah, yeah. past that didn't, didn't meet it. Like, what are your thoughts on when, on, on how, it, like, when a star, because a star of cast doesn't always work. Sometimes it, it doesn't yeah. meet the mark. Like, what are your thoughts on when a star of cast does meet the mark? And, and just, like, what kind of, t- what decides it in terms of when you put all those, you know, talented actors together and actually does hit the mark?
2: I think at the, at the end of the day, it boils down, like, chemistry. I think, like, everybody in this film had chemistry with each other everybody understood the assignment and they just acted their roles and they they did really good and they probably like challenged each other to pull stuff out of the role that uh if there were like if there are other actors that weren't as like big as them they probably wouldn't have been able to like really challenge themselves to pull that pull that out of the role so um but yeah everybody just really killed their part they played their, their parts really well um and yeah i think uh like i mean my favorite person i've seen the film is well we'll get to that later we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> it's just the intro let me not get ahead of myself <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um get, get into our first topic from one to four stars what would you give it T- to you Maurice? like what would be your particular rating for this film and, and some of your reasons
2: oh definitely four stars there, there's nothing in this film that i can like really knock away points and uh, knock away points for uh just because like i think like i mean if anything i guess even the length like yeah, it was a long movie, but it was funny the whole time. Like There was yeah. never like a slacking moment though. or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, all, overall four-star four film, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I, I would definitely give it four as well. I mean, this was just a powerhouse performance from the character of Scorsese, and it, it really had a brilliant direction, describing such, such, such an intriguing type of character. Um, To, to you, Seyvon, what would be your, your particular rating for this one?
1: Oh, yeah, four stars. <clears throat> I love that it was shot. It was shot so beautifully. Um, use a lot of... Um, different action types that i didn't think was necessary but it worked well with the film mm-hmm. especially just like the scenes in the office just like how it was shot yeah it was it was beautifully shot and then i mean you have it was super funny you had a lot of improv moments mm-hmm. um it just it, yeah check boxes yeah four stars four stars for sure
0: definitely um and now getting into favorite character one that that really stood out to me uh donnie he had such an important role as being you know jordan's best friend and j- just the kind of the erratic nature of being confrontational was one of the biggest tie changes that kind of affected that business long term uh to you maurice like overall who was kind of your
2: favorite character in this one? Oh, definitely definitely Yonada and his character i i this is Jordan, yeah. I, I just don't understand how he didn't get a, a oscar for that because dude his performance was so <laughs> good <laughs> Like, 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 he just, he, I believe that he was, he was, uh, 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 what is the dude's name that the Jordan, movie's about? Jordan yeah, 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 yeah. I, I really believe that yeah, it was him. Good. Yeah, I've watching it. Like, it's so believable, right? Like, like, he just plays the part so well. And I think he's played parts like that before in other movies. And he just, like, really, uh, can play that character well. So, you know, uh, hands down, definitely, definitely him.
0: Definitely. Um, to, to you, say, Von, who was kind of your overall favorite character in this one?
1: Oh, yeah. it's, it's hard not to go with Jordan Belfort, but I'm gonna do his dad. I think
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's how his dad delicate. was in real life.
1: There's videos <laughs> that the real Jordan Belfort shared at his wedding, and his dad, you hear his dad in the background <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> so, without that, comed- I'm, I'm pretty sure they added some other elements in it that wasn't true, but it's just like his character. Just mm-hmm. like really, especially in the office, bro. It's Like, <laughs> <laughs> did they cure cancer? Yes, they cured cancer. That's why it was so expensive, <laughs> bro. Yeah, his comedic element in this movie was like it was mm-hmm. it was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting into most memorable scenes, I had uh, uh, the money. Chan. Also, I quit. I quit my job right now. Welcome to, to Stratton Oakman. I choose rich every time. The Lamborghini scene, and then I uh, finally Jordan trying desperately to to, to get uh, Donny off his his uh, tap phone. To, to you, Maurice, like, what were some of the memorable memorable scenes in this one to you, and kind of, like, the main ones that stood out?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely the, I think the most memorable to me is definitely the speech that he gave. Um, oh, yeah. or, he gave two I'm big ones, I think. Like, yeah, the, I'm not leaving one. And then also, there was the one where he was, like, inspired them at the beginning. Um, but then besides that, obviously, the car scene, just, like, that whole... <laughs> When the when the, the lemon drops or whatever they call it uh finally hit uh mm. oh my gosh, that was the that's probably the best scene, like just hands down, super funny. Uh imagining what like like in real life that would be like and how much drugs they actually took <laughs> and how hard that would hit. Like I could not imagine. And he just he just played it so well, you know. Um yeah. so you would think that they actually took drugs to <laughs> where they filmed that mm. So yeah, I, I think that was my favorite scene.
0: Yeah. So, so you say about like, what were some of your memorable scenes in this one?
1: Had to be the scene where the dad came in and asked about the bill. That was yo. That was, <laughs> that was so what kind of stru-
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: credit cards an expensive one? That was just amazing scene. And then obviously seeing when um they were dancing. I, I don't know if they were at a wedding or something, but Leonardo Cabrio started dancing with Jordan Bever started dancing. He really so can dance real life. Obviously, he did that move, but it just, you know, you add different elements of trueness to it because he improv that scene with the car. He mm-hmm. improv that whole scene, which is crazy, and then yeah, the when he was trying to get the, the meat. <laughs> Why would you stuff your mouth with ham and turkey? Where you you just <laughs> and then yeah, it was crazy. But no, those, those all of the scenes that you already mentioned, those two were really dope. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when you have an actor like that who's improving certain scenes, like. He, Say, we mentioned in the past what Joe Pesci did with Goodfellas and that scene where he kind of goes mm-hmm. on that rant. Like, what stands out to you, particularly about that, when an actor can do that and just kind of like think on the spot and really kind of go mm-hmm. into character?
1: I think that's a trust between you and the director. Obviously, you know, <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio was a director on this as well with Martin Scorsese, but to right. a lot, most of the time, and a lot of directors will tell you this, they don't allow some actors to riff or improv. Uh, quentin tarantino said he was like no they're gonna say my effing script yeah it's okay for them to improvise a tiny bit but you're gonna stick to the script so Mm -hmm. i think it's a trust with you and the director to be able to do something funny because without that scene i mean it would have been funny but just adding that tail bit and him doing it with his foot and all that stuff just adding that more into it that's just it makes it funnier and it makes it you realize oh these drugs are strong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it brings an extra element to it it makes yeah. the character more you know so um and I think the Jonah Hill was improv too cause he was like yo hit me for real and he got laid out for real Jonah Hill got Dang put man. to sleep no he didn't get put to sleep but he got hit for real
2: yeah he told how, him, how much of that was improv though like the that whole that whole how much of that was improv no cause
1: he was supposed to um like fake like he was but he was like I wanna make it real and okay, gotcha. Jonah Hill was like, "Hey, punch me for real." He actually, because John knows, like, he's a black belt, jiu-jitsu, all that stuff. He punched yeah. him for real. <laughs> he got put to sleep.
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> but built Mars built for that says life. he loved wasn't it though. For that life. <laughs> <Mars> <laughs> says he loved it though, and it, it, it's
1: obviously it stayed in the film. So it's just mm-hmm. like when the actors do. Uh brief the improv. Most of it makes it, but some of it doesn't. But I'm glad that he he kept majority of that stuff. But yeah. it, it makes it fun, you know
0: Definitely. Um, and now getting into most memorable quotes, I had it. If you want to be rich, never give up. Also, there's no nobility in poverty. Uh, without mm-hmm. actions, the best intentions in the world are nothing more than that. Intentions. Um, also, I've been a poor man, I've been a rich man, and I choose rich every time. Um, also, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving, and then finally i I forgot I lived in a world where everything. Uh, was for sale uh, to, to you, Maurice, Like, what were the standout quotes for you that, that you kind of feel as though were, were kind of the, the top two ones?
2: Yeah, definitely without actually the best intentions in the world or nothing more than that. Intentions, that one. Yeah. That was good. Um, the whole speech that he gave about not leaving, um, talking about uh, w- when he was going down the story of the girl that shaved her head um, to see her at the beginning and then like, oh, look at where she is now. That, that, whole, uh, that whole talk. And then, um, yeah, like, uh, like I think there's one that's like I got the guts to die. What I want to know is, have you got the guts to live? That one's pretty good too. Yeah, this talking yeah. about living in the moment, you know what I'm saying, and, and just going for it. Um, so yeah, those those were my top tier ones.
0: Definitely. Uh, to, to you, Savan, like what were kind of the, the clear standout memorable quotes in this, this movie for you?
1: Well, you guys already picked the good ones, so I, you know. I always <laughs> I'll just give you one. Um, with him and Jordan Belfort and Mark Hanna, that was like, oh, I'm good with water for now. He was like, it's his first day on Wall Street, give him time. So that just, like, gave I mean, you a tidbit good. of uh, what's going to come.
0: Yeah.
3: He became
1: just, the just that. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. He,
0: he became just that. That's crazy. Like, at the end of the movie, he's like, he's literally that guy. Like, it's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Um, and now kind of getting into what did you like the most about the storyline. To me, like, this film really depicted kind of the, the intoxicating rush of all, kind of the initial and instant success Jordan Belfer was experiencing and, all, and, and kind of the eventual downfall that we that we always see in these movies when, when something is uh, kind of magnified in terms of, of success that isn't really going to last. Um, to you, Maurice, like, what particular element of this storyline did you kind of like the most?
2: Yeah, I mean, I loved how like, it kept it real, like, it kept it real to the true story, and also just, like, obviously there was, like, uh, excess elements that they added to the story to make it more entertaining, but also, you know, they, they, they captured that moment, and then they, like, also, like, punished them later for, like, those excess things that they added. So they kept it real to, like, reality, you know, like, stuff that happens in real life. Like, you're not going to get away with doing all these drugs, doing all this, like, behind-the-scenes right. stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, for, one, for one moment, it seemed like uh, he was going to get away with it, right? Um, and then it's like, oh, that, like, oh. Like, you're right on the, the edge of it. You got away, like, clean, and then you go back into it. It just shows the the addiction of, like, drugs and just, like, that lifestyle that, that he wanted to live. Um, like how you could be so close to it and then just like that one that one decision you made can mess up everything. So um, but yeah, I think I think that's like probably what I like the best, just the real realness of it.
0: Yeah. For you to say, like kind of like what particular element of, of this storyline did you kind of like the most?
2: The comedy, man. <clears throat> you know,
1: if you would have told me, like, even if it, you know, it's based off a true story, but even if it wasn't, I think it'd still be a great film because oh, it had yeah. that comedy element to it that kind of holds those because you you get a little comedy in more scorsese films but it's not like crazy this had so yeah. many comedic elements from beginning to end uh especially <laughs> i forgot a scene when he just got out of jail and then he actually you want to uh you want a beer he was like he got non alcoholic in it." <laughs> like uh <laughs> he was just going like what they got no, it got no alcohol in. He was like, are you just doing it for her? like just those little you elements know. there, just it makes it fun. It makes it still engaging. Because sometimes if it's like three hours freaking long, <laughs> you better have something in there to more most most of the time it's killing. Killing yeah, and yeah. eating in Mars Corsaizing Yeah.
0: This and uh, having spaghetti know. three in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and to close it out with our last topic, 10 so years from now, like do you still think it'll be watchful and intriguing? Obviously it, it's it's crossed that 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 checkpoint in so many ways that the comedy, um, the amazing performances and just the 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 amount of um the the amount of incredible scenes in it that, that were just tied together with the improv, which is you know phenomenal. But to you, Maurice, like what do you can think will continue to make this just a watchful, intriguing movie another even another decade from now? Uh
2: yeah, I think just straight up comedy. I think that's like one thing that will hold the test of time is like uh, that type of comedy will like, like, you know, there's like memes that like disappear, you know, in six months, right. They're not, they're not funny anymore, but that type of com- comedy was just like real, like, like something that I can't relate to. Cause I will never be that rich and I'll never like <laughs> live that lifestyle. So it's just funny to see that on screen to be like, dang, like, <laughs> like this happened. And yeah, it's, it's just like different than the type of comedy that is like around today. So like that, Will stand the test of time. So I'm, I'm, I definitely think like in 10 years I could rewatch it and laugh the same way I, I did now. Definitely. So, so you say,
0: Vaughn, like, what do you think will co- could just continue to make this a watchable and intriguing film, even another decade from
1: now? Yeah, the comedy, man. Yeah. Most people don't even know this is based off a true story. Even though it says it in it really the movie, is. like you're so engulfed in just the comedy element of it.
0: You're and
1: thinking, then, like, no way this is real. Right. <laughs> like, bro, like, what's going on here? He did all of this? Like, it's crazy. So, I mean crazy. yeah, and then Leonardo DiCaprio, he just has he just he just fluent in, in a way to bring stories to life. It just yep. that's his gift. He oh. can do any any story, any film, he can do any. He hasn't done a family film yet. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't.
2: More Titanic?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 that's definitely not a family film. Um, He's drawing girls naked. Ain't no family film.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm just (laughs) kid. what are you talking about, man?
1: (laughs) I don't think he did a family film yet.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think so.
1: Huh. That's interesting. Maybe. But no, yeah. I mean, it's it's Leonardo DiCaprio, funny element to it. And then, you know, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, absolutely. All solidify. yeah.
0: Definitely. Well, Maurice, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's always just like it's just like good good old times, man. It's always yes, good having sir. you on, bro. So, Thank you so always, much for man. doing this. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Williams, and Burns on my kind of R.C. I'm Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.